And we're back. Hello, everybody. It's me, Christian, and welcome to Gilded Films. And as always, here's our host and leader, Brett Dobbs. Hello. How's it going? It's been good. Good. It's good. been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a few months. Things have been busy. Yeah, sure. But we're back. Sure. We're back. Nice and strong. And we have a guest, don't we? We do. At last. Who is it? Who is it? Who's here? He can tell us if he wants to. Oh my gosh, this is why your podcast was so long. <laughs> it's the dead air, okay? Just introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's KB. That's literally it. It's just KB. That's it. It's the man with Just say KB. Follow that on Twitter and Instagram. And All your social media. Grinder and Facebook and <laughs> whatever else. How do you know? <laughs> anyway, go on. Perfect. Um, so today we're going to do things a little differently. Rather than looking at a specific year for Oscars and whatnot, we are going to look at some kind of trends, myths, um, things that often occur with the Oscars um, in a lot of different subject areas. Because it's Oscar season. It da, da, da. It's right on the way. It's upon us. It's here. It is here. I mean, it's on the way. It's, I mean, award season is on the way, like the actual awards uh, giving is coming yeah. here for the next month. And that's when the fun is over. Yeah. <laughs> that's when I get a text every day from Brad going, hey, let's talk about this movie today. But I enjoy it. Sometimes. All right. Well, we're going to begin. Um, we'll just go off the top. How does it, how's that sound? It's fine. Sound good? Okay. Yeah. So one thing that we notice a lot with the Oscars and how people perceive them is this idea of the right person winning the Oscars, so someone we really enjoy and want to see win the Oscar, but they win for the wrong year, or some might say the wrong movie. Um, we've got some examples of this happening. I don't know about you guys, but one of the first times I saw this when I started looking at like Oscars and whatnot was Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu, um, when he won for Birdman. And a lot of people were like, He's this great director, he had this remarkable achievement, but Richard Linklater directed Boyhood. And so it's like, a lot of people were upset about that. You know, he had this 12-year venture, and here, Inurito comes in and steals it, and then he did it a year later against George Miller for The Revenant, which people really hate. Which is a movie we don't talk about. We don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's this acclaimed director who has a lot of stuff under his belt, but like, not a lot of people aren't happy about when yeah. they decided to reward him. I guess. Yeah, that's how I see it. Interesting example though, because I don't know. I would have never thought of any read to as something no. that fit this category at all. Really? Yeah. Just like, and I guess like there is that thing like maybe he didn't have it any other year, but like yeah, I don't know. There's so many other examples and with longer than twelve year spans. I mean, the first mm -hmm. one that comes to me is um, my favorite auteur, which is. Uh, Martin Scorsese I mean what he won for The Departed mm -hmm. in what was that 06? 06 and if you look back you you could say you should have won for Goodfellas Raging Bull or Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver. Um, there, there's so many and the funny thing that's is that's literally won a decade too yeah that yeah and, and that's what I mean it's it's a lot more than 12 years and um, I know we'll talk about just um, the people who get that overdue award later on but mm -hmm. um there's so many different examples that i could think of most of them we know is just one word jack 
as good as it gets. He could have won for Chinatown or The Shining. Yep. Um, Morgan Freeman or Morgan, um, Million Dollar Baby with Shawshank Redemption or um, Pacino, Scent of a Woman. Oh, that's a big one. That's a that's big a one. one. That's a big that's one because to take over from Brando and take over with the lead for part two in The Godfather, that's that's a big one there. I'm in a minority where I think he should have won for The Godfather. For the first one mm-hmm. instead. Instead of instead mm-hmm. of being nominated for supporting, mm-hmm. he should have been nominated for actor and won. I think him and Brando should have switched. Yeah. They, they should have yeah. Brando's not in The Godfather as much. He's really not. But like he, like the face he of was the name. Yeah. He was the name that carried it. But Pacino's acting is yeah. really either part one or part two. He could have won four in the lead. Well, my favorite Pacino performance of all time, I think, is Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. And if he if that year he's going up against Jack for one foot of the cuckoo's nest, and they mm-hmm. were both brilliant. So it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Um, some other ones that I could think of talking about one name, Whoopi. Yes. Mm. Color purple, anyone? Come yes. on. And and to know that Spielberg specifically selected her. Yeah. After seeing the one woman show mm-hmm. on Broadway. Um, that movie just robbed in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we don't have to go into it, but there's so many different reasons why. Um, I still like her performance in Ghost a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's stellar. It really is. And to me, as I watch it more and more over the years, it's kind of like, okay, the two leads are boring, mm-hmm. and can we get Whoopi back on the screen again? <laughs> yeah. I think that like a lot of reputation around that is around the film itself, rather mm-hmm. than Whoopi, obviously, yeah. because mm-hmm. she is pretty awesome, and it's just the film is, yeah. <laughs> I would have never thought you'd seen Ghosts. Long time. Long time. Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the other examples that I have, um, we were talking before, Denzel mm-hmm. in the hood. That's overdue. We're like, training day. Of course he won for playing a bad guy, but he should have won for Malcolm X. Yeah. yeah. That goes without saying. Well, it makes you wonder if like that prevented him from winning for Fences as well, in some degree. Like... I don't think it's a huge factor, but it, I think some people also, think like like the big rumor why he won for Training Day was because of Russell Crowe's phone throwing incident. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's always circumstances around it, and it could be uh, right performance, wrong year, yeah. but it could also be the year was just too stacked against yeah. them. But I mean, you really have to think deep and say, go back and say. No, for that performance, that was better than the winner of that year. And that's when you could really get into the weeds about it. Yeah, definitely. What about um, Jodie Foster? What do you think about that? For which performance? Because she won twice. Well, she won for The Accused first, right? Mm-hmm. What about Taxi Driver? Yeah. What was I watching? Supporting. Oh, you know what? That year, because Beatrice Strait won that year, yeah. mm-hmm. it was a five-minute performance. Five minute performance. Not who worth it. Who should have won? Not worth who it. Who should have won was Piper Laurie for Carrie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank you. But a lot of people are split between that and also thinking that Jodie Foster yeah. should have won for for preteen to come in and do such a performance where she stole every scene that she was in. That's True. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. But still, rewatching Carrie last week, I'm Piper Laurie all the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just so brilliant. And the scene, she's holding the knife, and she's like smiling, holding the knife, going up yeah. to Carrie. I'm like, totally that's demented. my idol right there. <laughs> totally demented. And um, just to wrap it up, in a more modern example, what about Alicia Vikander? Yeah. You're Ex Machina, man. Mm. Right. That's Instead right, of the that's Danish right, girl. That's right ear on movie example. Yeah. Right yeah. 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 Because she totally should have won for that. Yep. 
I don't want to talk about the Danish girl. Don't ever talk about the Danish girl. Get that out of my mouth. Ugh. Can I throw my example? Yeah, please. Yeah. I said earlier, Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. uh, she won for the hours. It's a boring performance. I'll say it. Uh, Should have won for Moulin Rouge the year before. Yes. But but I can also contend, uh, contest the others, which is the same year as Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. That, her performance in that, is, I think, is a little better. I think um, it's split. Yeah. The noms. Sorry, yeah. Halle Berry, but I don't like that Monsters Ball movie. And uh, Julianne Moore for Still Alice, which is a good movie. Great performance from her, but she's way, way better than Far From Heaven. But she lost from Nicole Kidman. So, yeah. by, as Denzel said, buy a nose. Buy a nose. Awesome. So, I mean, a lot of examples there. I think it, I mean, it gets kind of cluttered when you think of you know, how people perceive those performances and, like, we're all subjected to that, but it is something that seems to come up quite a bit. And I think, KB, you mentioned the overdue factor. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys want to jump right into that since it kind of relates to all this. Yeah. Especially with the Martin Scorsese case you brought up. I mean, what I think about when I think of Martin Scorsese in all those years that he could have won and probably should have won, I often think about, like, who he was going up against. Mm-hmm. Like... I mean, he went up against Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, yeah. Which and I like Dances with the Wolves. I don't. It, I think Dances with the Wolves is obviously like on an epic scale. Yeah. And the Academy really likes that sometimes. And Raging Bull, he went up against Robert Redford for everybody's favorite Christmas movie, Ordinary People. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, in 1976 was just, like, it was kind of Rocky's year, I think. Yeah. Amazing picture yeah. and director and... That's the way we're gonna go, which I don't know how people perceive Rocky today, but it's kind of like that underdog story in itself. Like, well, no one was expecting a movie like that to come out, and also, there, the thing that no longer exists is back then there was this um, popular movies also getting Oscar noms. Mm-hmm. We don't see that at all today, and that's probably why we have this stupid category coming into the Oscars now another time, um, but back then to have a popular movie such as Rocky where it's a box office hit and it's also mm-hmm. an Oscar darling that was that's unseen today but it it's, was like a huge surprise it's back such then an underdog too to win yeah yeah because that's the same year as all the president's men mm-hmm. network. network yeah stuff like that and, and people still talk about all the president's men especially now oh, and yeah. we still talk about Rocky and we got Creed 2 coming out yeah and Rocky just like pop culture to the nth degree he's my icon. Yep. For sure. And the year that Scorsese really did win Best Director, um, some pretty big names in there. Um, Gonzalez Ingerichu was in there for Babel, Clint Eastwood, Letters from Iwo Jima, Stephen Frears from The Queen, and Paul Greengrass from United 93. So, I mean, it, it's not like he was going up against a weak field that year mm-hmm. to win. It was award. his year. To it lose. was his year, yeah. yeah. I mean, even the presenters of the Oscar that year were. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, like they so. purposely yeah. had them present. It's kind of funny how it came about, though, because like The Departed was still kind of a late contender. Yeah. Like, it had the late release day, and people were like, oh, if we're looking at, like, uh, Babel or even Little Miss Sunshine possibly winning Best Picture, and then The, the Departed comes in, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, this is it. And so, any other overdue examples that immediately come to mind? You have on our notes Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think every person who casually, like casual viewers who watch the Oscars would say Leonardo DiCaprio, but... Well, I think that I remember when The Revenant was announced, 
and it was like immediate. Like if Leonardo does not win this year, yeah, something's fucked up. Something's yeah. gonna happen. I guess I could grind my so, way through a movie and win an Oscar, but it's funny because especially talking about more modern Oscar examples, there are so many movies that, in the heat of the moment, it's like this is it, this is going to win, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But five, ten years later down the road, you're like, have I watched that since the since year it was up? up? Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be one of those examples. It popped up on cable the other day, and I tried to watch, and I'm like, this is unbearable. I can't. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I, I couldn't sit through it. Yeah. And also, that, but I also look back on that year, and like, who else was going to win? Like Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs? Like, he's really good, but he's not, like, like yeah. this is yeah. amazing. And yeah. I think he was the runner-up that year. And so I think The Revenant came at a really good time for yeah. Leo to jump in there and win. And especially when two years before The Wolf of Wall Street, I think some people thought That's what he, I wanted him to win for. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way. So many different examples from his acting career. But it just, I think it solidified that he was a great actor in the different performances, especially as he was, um, when he was younger, mm -hmm. um, a lot of different performances that he gave, but it was kind of like, we've been seeing this guy perform so well since his yes. teenage years, he needs this now. Right. But I think there's also like that, it's kind of a joke, but also a little bit true, like, let's give it to him before he kills himself trying to yeah. get this thing, because like, filming in Cold Grew, like, he's vegan and he's eating yeah. raw meat, and like, mm -hmm. okay, like, yeah. Let's get this over with. So that's uh, Right Time, Wrong Movie. Yeah, I think that's how it's typically perceived. I also have an example of Henry Fonda winning for On the Waterfront. Because I recently read Jane's book, and she's like, she made that to get what, him an Oscar. What movie? On, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I keep saying, you know what? I keep Googling On the Waterfront thinking I'm going to get Henry Fonda. Yeah. I mean, On Golden Pond. Brando Pond. will come back and kick your ass. On Golden Pond. Okay. Yes. Seriously, like, okay. Anyway, so I read Jane's book, Jane Fonda, and she says that she made that to get him an Oscar because the only Oscar nomination he had before then was for Graves of Wrath. Mm -hmm. This is Henry Fonda. We're talking 12 Angry Men, which is one sure. of my favorite performances. Me too. Young Mr. Lincoln, where mm -hmm. he's young Abraham Lincoln, Graves of Wrath, which is such a good performance. And then he goes, he wins his Oscar, and he dies like a couple months later. Yes, maybe she knew. I mean, I guess. And then I have Paul Newman for a movie you, KB, showed me this year, The Color of Money, mm -hmm. which I really liked. He won that year, but before that, he won an honorary award. And like I told you, Brad, mm -hmm. he didn't go to the Oscars because he's like, well, I'm not winning because they gave me something last year. Boom, yeah. he wins. Yeah. He ain't yeah. there. And that's a perfect example of someone who's overdue. If you look back on his career, there's so many different examples. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go back to Cool Hand Luke, mm -hmm. things like that. But... I guess we would have to be there, and no, I was not there at the time to know what uh, the heat of the uh, Oscar race was for. So uh, with Cool Hand Luke, it probably wasn't the way we revere it today. Yeah, You know what sure. I mean? He could have looked back on a movie and come back and say, oh, this was a great performance, but in a moment, someone might not see it. And then you have written down your Glenn Close and Robert Redford right now. Yeah, I mean, you got Glenn Close and The Wife. I mean, we, we look at film Twitter sometimes and people freak out over the prospect of her 
Wait, I mean, Oscar for a film that I've heard is not very good. Wake me up when it's over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Robert Redford has The Old Man and the Gun this year, and he said it's his last film performance. And I think, you know, when they, because they will campaign for him for that movie, Probably. and I think they're going to use the overdue factor mm-hmm. to try yeah. to get him in. I mean, he's won, but he's so, never won for acting. Never won for acting, exactly. Yeah. And so... I mean, in her, people are like, she keeps being nominated and losing, and there's not really a performance other than like Fatal Attraction. Fatal like, Attraction. Actually yeah. really... Wanted her to win something for him, yeah. mm-hmm. but even then she was nominated against Cher. I think Holly Hunter, right? And I'm like, mm. yeah, that was a tough year. Yeah, real tough. I year. think her best chance was then, and then I think what 88 for Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah, which I, I don't know if it's just not my type of movie. I've mm-hmm. seen part of it, and yeah. it's not my thing. But I think that was one where people were like, oh, she should have won then too, and give her this for the life. Like, don't give it to Lady Gaga. And but I, I think that um, campaigning really helps. A film I mean whether it's I mean these days it's like get it on the film festival circuit mm-hmm. and that will start the campaign right. but um, if you're saying like uh, with Redford if he's saying it's just uh, people are gonna try to campaign for it so right exactly cool. I mean I thought it was really good yeah I I enjoyed the film I thought he was pretty wonderful all the old he, people who saw it with me liked it too yeah it's just funny like he at times the movie, I don't want to get into deep details, but I get, sometimes I feel like it's like not from his point of view at times, and so that kind of like... What was that movie he it? had when he was on the boat by himself? All Lost. Lost. I like that movie. I, I like that it. performance. That was another one where the overdue factor was kind of the yeah. It didn't work out for him. No. He didn't get nominated. No, it wasn't critically acclaimed either, but I really liked his performance. It's always those one-man performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Hardy in the car. What's that movie? Uh, Locke. Lock. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. Yeah. yeah, if you could pull off a one-man performance like that, I think yeah. it's always worth looking at it from an Oscar nomination category. For sure. And then we have Lifetime Achievement people who only won that and nothing else. Yes. Hitch. Hitchcock, Hitchcock. Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter O'Toole. Really? Yeah. He That's got huge. it in 2002. Never won from eight nominations. Wow. Yeah. And Robert Altman, only honorary. Spike Lee, currently, although he's like, currently, you know, Black Klansman's probably gonna do good. Yeah. He'll probably get something from that screenplay. I think least. screenplay are looking good for him right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be nice. That'd be real nice. Shout out Kevin Wilmot. Shout out Kev. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, um, where do you guys wanna go next? Well, we were talking about campaigning, so let's talk about category fraud. Okay, dun, yes, dun, dun. I'm down. Rude. <laughs> it's fraud. It's fraud. Please explain category fraud for us, Brad. I think it's becoming more and more common. Maybe not. It's There's a long history behind it, but basically when it happens most often in acting categories where someone seems more like a supporting actor, actress, but they get put in lead or vice versa. Um, and sometimes it's kind of used to help them win mm-hmm. the Oscar, help them get nominated, rather than because that's where they should actually be. Mm-hmm. Um, you have written down here Alicia Vikander. Yeah. The um, Danish girl? Yeah. She she makes up a lot of that movie. Mm-hmm. I think she's a lead performer, and it, sometimes it feels like it's coming from her point of view rather than Eddie Redmayne's. Mm-hmm. So I think they're co-leads in that movie, and that she was put in supporting because... Julianne Moore. No, was that Julianne Moore's year? 2015 is Brie Larson. Sorry, that's Brie Larson. Yeah. Like, Brie Larson, Saoirse Ronan, like, 
mm-hmm. one of them was going to win lead, and it'd be yeah. Brie Larson. And so they're like, put in supporting. It wasn't as strong that year, and so here she is. She wins the Oscar. Louise Fletcher for Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. What do you guys think about that one? Mm. It's supporting. It's yeah. supporting. Yeah. One hundred percent. And she goes and wins lead actress for it, and she's in the movie for what? I think they said twenty minutes. Something like it's that. It's like a two-hour movie. Yeah. Anthony so, Hopkins. Same thing. Science of the Science Lambs. Of Lambs. Yeah. Yeah. On a character lead, lead win, but really sixteen minutes mm-hmm. into that movie. But um, I guess they're thinking. I don't even know what they're thinking. But from the book standpoint, it was more about Hannibal Lecter yeah. than it was. Mm-hmm. Clarice. I also have Kate Winslet for um, the reader because oh, yeah. until she won the Oscar, she kept winning for supporting, and then she would win lead for Revolutionary Road, mm-hmm. and then the late Harvey Weinstein was like, "Well, let's give her for leading instead of supporting." That's how she wanted that very terrible movie. Yeah. Posting my opinions on the reader. I don't like the reader. That's especially interesting when there's a difference between other award shows and what the Oscars yeah. decide to do. And when you have two movies at the same time that are both like Oscar worthy. Yeah. What it's, do you do? It's kind of funny because it's not like it's based on what the studios decide mm-hmm. and how they want to campaign. Like, we're going to say this is supporting. Yeah. And if you're going to nominate them, it's going to be in supporting. And we have some this year. Too. Yeah. So some big news that came out recently was for whoever has seen A Quiet Place, they're campaigning every actor, actress in that movie as supporting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All four of them. No leads. No, no leads. leads. No leads at all. And I, I don't know how big of a chance they all have. I think Emily Blunt probably has the best chance of getting in. I, I read that that's kind of like the crash theory, how everybody in Crash went for supporting. And only Matt Dillon came out with a nomination. Huh. And I've seen some discussion where, like, when people were thinking early on, like, they're thinking of Millicent Simmons as supporting, and they're like, no, she's kind of lead because a lot of the movie is based on her. You got into a Twitter Carter. fight about that. I didn't really get it. I, like, I agreed. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it's a good point. Um, but I would see it more as they're all co leads yeah. than co supporting. Mm-hmm. Like, who's the lead actors? The monsters? Like, who's the lead in the movie? Is there not one? Like, I don't know. It's the raccoons. The raccoons, yeah. <laughs> so, and also, um, The Favorite, which is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz. Um, Yargos Lanthimos. Yes. Is that how you say it? I think, I think so. you nailed it. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, his new movie. Which I saw the trailer to that, and I was like, this looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are they going for? I think they're putting Coleman in lead and the other two in supporting. Oh, okay. Which I haven't seen it, obviously. Right. Only people who have are festival, but it sounds like Stone is a pretty good argument for the lead mm. category. And so. Shiesty. We'll see that. I don't know what's Do you guys have any other cases that you knew of? Or pretty I mean, it? There's I'm sure there's many. There's more out yeah. there. One of my thing is um, Peter Finch. Network. Yes. Mr. I'm mad as hell and I can't take it anymore. He won for leading. Lead. But to me, he's really supporting while William Holden is the lead in that movie. Yeah. And I think in my personals, because I have a lot of personal stuff, we'll get to that soon. I'm pretty sure I have Peter Finch in my supporting category rather than actor. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's a lot of, especially back in the classic days, 50s and 60s. There's a lot of winners who were barely in their movies right. that win for lead while they're in their movie for like I don't know, 10 minutes at most. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It doesn't happen really anymore, but right. when it does, it's like, wow, that that's an achievement. Yeah. Give like a 10-minute performance. Exactly. Viola Davis got her eight minutes in doubt. That's right. She became a star. <laughs> Thank you, princess. Awesome. And the other question I have, this is one we listed earlier, um, whether or not, because I think oftentimes, because I get real into predictions and stuff, like sometimes people will be like thinking about who's going to win best actor, actress, and so forth, and they'll say like, oh, they're really good, but they've won before, and so it's unlikely to happen. Do you think that happens? Is that a real thing that people consider, or is that just... Well, I think you have to think about it from the standpoint of, like, and I know we'll talk about the the way the Oscar nominations are chosen, but mm-hmm. if you're talking about a director and that first round is selected by other directors, yes, they probably have that in the back of their mind sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, they already won. Mm-hmm. Or unless your name is Merrill or something like that, where we have to put you in regardless of what you do. Um, I think that happens a lot of times because until you get later in the rounds where everyone is choosing for the Oscars, it's a matter of how your peers see you. Mm-hmm. So if it's an actor, how your other acting peers see you. So I think that happens a lot of times. But as far as the industry, I don't, I don't think it's one way or the other. My dad always says, they've won before, they don't need to win again. Yeah. It's literally his theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single year. I think it's pretty common. Like, when people say, I want them to win, but they've already won. Yeah. And so, like, I don't, yeah, I think Katie brought a good point on that, unless they consider it or not. I mean, there are, like, a couple people I can think of, one being Steven Spielberg, that I would love him to win something in my lifetime again, mm-hmm. so I can see it. Right. Because I saw Meryl win something in my lifetime, and that was fun. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I sure. like that movie, but I don't seem to like a lot of movies. <laughs> a movie lover. I know. that That's the theme of the day. Christian doesn't like this movie. What, what doesn't Christian like? That's a topic for a whole other day. That's going to be yeah. its own separate podcast. One, <laughs> one, one time when Brett's sick, you come in and do it yourself. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You just knit for an hour or so. It'll probably be the most downloaded and highly rated podcast <laughs> episode. Wouldn't doubt it. Well, who, who do you think of when you think of people who've lost out because they've won before? Honestly, I don't know. I I think I'm just salty over it still. Over what? How did Natalie Portman not win for Jackie? Uh. It's like, <laughs> gosh, like she was amazing. And I, I just always wonder if like her winning five years within that time frame was like, Natalie Portman's great. She's she couldn't hold the accent. Movie, but people slept on that movie. They did, yeah. Is that one of... Christian hates these movies? No, Christian loves that movie. Okay. I'm okay. looking at my personals here. She's in my personals. And mm. No, no, no. I love Emma Stone. I love her performance in La La Land. But, like, when I compare the two, it's like... And then I, there's also the Isabel Huppert factor. And a lot of people really wanted her for I Elle. will hardly disagree with you on that one. I love that performance. Oh, yeah. A lot of people do. I and love that performance. I like the performance. I just... The movie brought it down. I want to talk about this little movie called... Uh, a blind side and mm. this win from somebody yes. like the Bullock. Ooh. I That's mean, a big one. You know my favorite story about that win is you know where she was the night before? She was at the Razzies. She was at the Razzies. <laughs> Picking up our award. Steve. Yes. I yeah. love that. I mean, you know. Worst and picture, best picture. Me, I love a classic movie. My biggest thing is 1950 where you have Betty Davis and all about Eve 
Glory Swanson in oh, Sunset yeah. Boulevard, but then Judy Holiday comes and wins for um, Born Yesterday, which is a good performance, but don't get nothing compared to those two. Don't though, get between so. me and Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard because that's me my, and Betty Davis. That's like <laughs> my favorite performance by an actor of all time. If I could make okay. a list, that's my number one. I wonder if they split the votes. Well, then you have Ann Baxter, who's the titular Eve in acting and not supporting. Mm -hmm. So there's like three way split. There you go. Judy Holiday's the last one. I always thought that's why Betty didn't win. Yeah. Because they had split votes. Interesting. Cool. Well, any others there? I want to move on. I could could talk about it all day. (laughs) You know what? You're open to it. Um, where do you guys want to go next? Any preferences? Well, how about nominations that are always necessary to win Best Picture? Okay. As you yeah. have written down here. I just, yeah, I, when I'm looking at who might win Best Picture, these are some of the things that I look at. The first one is Best Director. Yeah. Four films, one without directing noms. That's big. I mean, we've had, how many Best Picture winners now? 90. 90? Yeah. 91 with if you count Sunrise. Right, right. And so, like, it seems almost essential to have a Best Director nom to be up for that award. Mm-hmm. And I think there's certain circumstances in each of the times that it happened without that. For example, Argo, I think a lot of people think that a lot of voters were so certain that Ben Affleck was going to get in that they looked more towards um, Ben Zeitlin for Beast of the Southern Wild, um, Michael Haneke, you know, getting in for a more. And so, like... Sorry, Ben. This is what happened. Um, I don't think enough people took him seriously. No, that's part of it too. Yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah there's that. And like, he was never even in the conversation for actor that year. Mm-hmm. Really shouldn't have been because you know, no, was one of the best performances. No. But, but I think a lot of people who have voting rights vote without actually have seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. They go off a of popular opinion or what they've heard, uh, or now as we call it, film Twitter and so forth. But um, in that year, if someone said Batfleck was going to direct a movie, I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, You're not going to yeah. give him. And think about it. As I said before, other directing peers have to initially nominate him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think other directors will come in and take this first-time director, all of which they may not have seen the movie, and say, the guy who did... The Kevin Smith movies? No, I'm not nominating well, him. Yeah, he had though. two very critically acclaimed films before that. Yeah, which is why I'm saying they're, they're not taking him as seriously, probably without seeing the film. If they saw the film, they might say, "Oh, okay." But didn't he win the director guild? I think he won. He swept a lot of directors' prizes going yeah. into the Oscars. And then Ang Lee won the and, Oscar. And in that same year, we also had Catherine Bigelow getting snubbed mm-hmm. for Zero Dark Thirty too. Yeah. So there were like. I think they were often considered like the top two contenders for that award. That's, and then Spielberg and well, I mean, it was yeah. Bigelow was a snub. Affleck wasn't, in my opinion. In your opinion, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. It makes me wonder how Bradley Cooper will fare this year, mm-hmm. being like a first-time director and taking yeah. on this. I think he'd fare better than Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Well, I mean, Kevin Costner again. Back to mm-hmm. him. Pretty sure Dancing with the Wolves was his first movie yeah. that he directed, and, and bang, I, bang, boom. I think it seems like... KB is shaking his head. <laughs> like, actor-directors, 
especially with like when they're new to the game. Yeah. I think the academy like they often they might win one award, but they're not gonna win both. Yeah. And so like like Kevin Costner was up for actor and Mel no Gibson win and yeah, Mel Gibson. Uh, I hate Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> and I know like Bradley Cooper is probably the front runner for best actor this year. Yeah. And so let's give him actor. You also have list of Driving Miss Daisy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because those are the only two like in the modern era, like Wings and Grand Hotel were in the first like five years of the mm-hmm. Academy. So mm-hmm. like that's Something expected. Totally different. Yeah. yeah. And so those are the, really the only two in the modern era where this has occurred to get, yeah. get Best Picture without getting a directing nod. Um, best Screenplay? Yeah. This is interesting. This is something I want to hear you talk about because I don't always get that. Get that, um, how it correlates. Yeah. I think... Because I don't know, for some reason I'm just picturing like other people winning and then the movie doesn't get a screenplay. But it's not, I think I'm probably wrong. I don't know. It's, it's happened seven times in history where they won without getting a screenplay nod. So a little more su- success than not getting a best director. I think oftentimes it's just like people want to see a good story. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes you have a case where it's like the big technical marvel versus something that doesn't quite have all that but it's got that story that people either relate to or really resonates with them that's exactly what you're talking about very technical marvel but you know great i think it's a great movie because of the technology around it Mm -hmm. but the storyline no right not at all and titanic's an outlier because nothing is going to beat titanic that year i mean like all the critics loved la confidential but titanic was the highest grossing movie of all time and everybody loved it these two stars in the making that people loved and so i think it's an outlier and once again like most of the times that this happened for best screenplay winning without having that screenplay nom was in the 1930s so back in the inception of the academy when things are much different early years right Mm -hmm. exactly and even then they had they split those categories of writing up so much yeah original adapted and their story story adaptation Mm -hmm. and sometimes they only have like three noms in some of those categories and so there's less chance of getting in anyway best editing this one's interesting i never thought you needed that i don't know it's definitely not as essential as the other two but it is a case like once again 10 films in history have won without having an editing nom most recent Birdman. Birdman, yeah. Like, yeah, well, that's understandable. You're saying you don't think the best editing category is necessary? Well, I didn't. I never actually would have thought that getting an editing win mm-hmm. means you probably get a best picture. Because nowadays, I only think of editing as more like really technical, technical heavy movie. Right. Because didn't Dunkirk win? Yeah. I don't think it's so much as getting a win as it is in getting nominated in that category. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. being considered, yeah. I guess. I, I always think about the relationship between a director and an editor, mm-hmm. um, and it's almost like I entrust you, especially if that director is more like along the lines of an auteur where they have like control over everything, and then they give their film to the, the editor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you think of Marty and Thelma, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. there's total trust there. So it's almost like I know your vision, and I'm going to try to continue that vision when I do this editing. but. I think that helps translate to a great picture being made, mm-hmm. but it starts with the director. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's totally necessary. I would always want it to be like, if you win for best editing, you also win best picture. 
Well, there's so many other things. I mean, like, um, just going back to the argument, if there's a need for a director versus best picture, um, when you think of best picture, think more along the lines of the producers, because that's who actually gets the nomination, is the, yeah. the producers of the film versus the director so, and the writers and all that stuff. Um, next is actor nominations. Mm. Yeah. This is a little, I don't know, I don't think it's as much of a correlation as the others, but you often do see Best Picture film get at least one acting nomination. What I find most interesting about this is the correlation between male lead actors and female lead actors. And like you look at it last year, like The Shape of Water was the first film to win Best Picture with female leads since Million Dollar Baby. So we're talking about like a 13 year time span. And I, I couldn't find the article for this, but I saw an article a ways back that kind of like listed all the best picture winners and like those that had those in contention for best actor and best actors and whatnot. And it's the divide is crazy how much more chance you have of winning an Oscar if your lead actor is male rather than female. What was the last year? Argo, most recent. Argo's in this yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there'll be more of those. I thought Argo does have an acting nomination though. For who? For supporting. Look it up. I don't think so. But I, I oh, think Oh, it does. It's... You're right. No, you're right. Alan Arkin got in. I completely missed that. You're right. So, I don't even know what the most recent is. Slumdog. Slumdog. Slumdog Millionaire. There you go. But I think as we come across more of these ensemble movies that mm-hmm. end up getting nominated, you're going to see that happen more and more. Yeah. Especially with the SAG. They're yeah. what, only like... 20-some years old now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think once that came to play on, like, the best ensemble, things like that. Those are always so. fun, though. Oh, yeah. An ensemble. If any Oscar should exist, I feel it should be an ensemble Oscar, you know? I think so. I don't know. It's because it's, I mean, it's saying that, like, maybe somebody who probably never has a chance of winning an Oscar in their life will get something out of it. Mm-hmm. I think giving some credence to casting directors yeah. who go out and bring people in and whatnot. And yeah. I think that's definitely worth consideration. How do you two feel about the new category? The best popular film? Popular film? Mm-hmm. I'm glad they got rid of it. They're going to think about it again. I don't understand it. But... I don't think it's a smart idea. I don't hate it like most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, most because I can... It's a dumb decision, but I can kind of see where they're coming from. You know, when your viewership was the lowest it's ever been... I don't know if that's going to help at all, but I, I do hear from people who like, man, I just wish like they would at least, you know, have some movies in there that I've heard of. And if, seen. Yeah. And if so you... like, you know, and I, the argument that I hate that people use on it is that they made all this money. That should be enough. Okay. So if you're going to say that, then Titanic should have never won best picture. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a crazy argument, I think. And if so, you talk to most filmmakers, they'll say, I'd rather have the money than the, than the awards. Exactly. And so, I, I agree. It, it's very far-fetched, and, like, I think... But I would like to see something like Mission Impossible Fallout get some attention, because I thought that was a really great film right now, one of my top ten of the year. Mm-hmm. It's not even going to be considered strictly because it's an action film with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And so, it kind of helps in that regard. I, just going back to what I said before, in the past where you had more instances where there was a cross-section between popular films also getting Oscar nominations, and we don't see that anymore. 
Yeah. I mean, you take your regular person off the street and ask them if they saw La La Land, they'll say no, or Moonlight, no. Mm -hmm. But they've seen Black Panther, and they've seen Mission Impossible Fallout, Mm -hmm. so they're going to be like, what is that film? I I didn't even see it. How long was it out? You know, it was only out at your... Uh, art house movie theater for two weeks in mm-hmm. your major city. Yes. So no, you didn't see it. Right. But um, it's a darling of all the film festivals, so that's why it gets nominated. I think it was an attempt to bring back that cross section yes. again, where you know maybe Black Panther will get a couple technical nominations. Right. But they won't get a major award. And I think it was an attempt to bring back that and give them a major award. Yeah. I think Black Panther, like, it has a shot at Best Picture, an outside shot. Like, the nomination, not mm-hmm. the win. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way it's going to win. But it might have won a popular film award. It yeah. probably would have won. Yeah. And so that would have been really cool just to see, like... Well, it seems now that with, when you draw out the nominations from 5 to 10, mm-hmm. whatever you want, there's at least one movie in there that's always, like, a popular choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, probably Get Out. Yes, yeah. I think Get Out was yeah. the one. Yeah. 2016, probably, I mean, probably La La Land. It was probably the, the highest box office. Yeah. Wasn't it, like, the year that, like, Whiplash, um, like, 2014, I'm trying to think of, or maybe it was 2015, one of those two years, like, they found, like, the grosses and whatnot, and it was, like, none of them were big box officers like it was the lowest since they did the 8 to 10 format mm-hmm. and it's like we're heading in this direction which is great because I love seeing these smaller films being rewarded but also like I think you are going to lose people viewership when that happens to a degree and I mean I just I hope people aren't like because I'm from an area where we have to travel four hours to see an independent film like Film of Candles and so like I talk to people like have you seen these movies and it's like no because you don't see the trailers before your Avengers showing. Right. And, you know, like, it's like, I can understand their point of view, but, like, they don't hear about these films because they may not be like us. Like, they research movies all the time and, like, right. all that yeah. stuff. And they're not, their access to them, they have to travel three or four hours to see it. And so I can kind of understand that point of view as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of leads into why viewership is so low. Yeah. It's like what people say is, like, the common person doesn't really care about these small, independent-type movies. You know, right? They want their popular movies. They want their Avengers. They want their big box office hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I think, like, if you take a look at um, Star is Born, mm-hmm. now that's a box office hit that mm-hmm. will get critical acclaim and probably get a couple of nominations. Yeah. Some really strong chances of winning with those nominations. Right. So that might bring people back. So if you take a look at it, the, the years that viewership was really high was because a popular movie was in the running for mm-hmm. some of the major awards. Yeah. Their highest year today was when Titanic won. It had Perfect 57 example. million viewers. I think the next closest was like 46 or 47 million. So we're Perfect talking like example. a 10 million difference mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah. And I, I also think it's a sign of the times. I mean, um, for those of us who cannot see the room, we have two laptops in front of us. I have my <laughs> phone surgically attached to my left hand, and that's the biggest reason why, in my opinion, why viewership is down. People mm-hmm. have other things to do. Yeah. People don't have TVs. Cord cutting is at its highest in 10 years. Yes. So even though it's on what we would call normal TV or regular channel or whatever, people aren't sitting down to watch 
uh, shows at a specific time. Everything is on demand. So mm -hmm. the Oscar viewing is not on demand. People are not going to tune in to necessarily watch it. I, I remember watching it because it was, as a kid, it was time to see my favorite celebrities mm -hmm. walking the red carpet, all that. Now I could just turn on my phone and see that. Yeah. And I could see where they were today. <laughs> right. You know, so it's not like I just get to see them once a year or twice a year on national broadcast television. I can see them all the time. Yeah. And then once again, if I don't know who Timothy Chal how do you say his Chalamet. last name? Chalamet. If I don't know who he is because I didn't see any of his films, why am I tuning in to see him? Yeah. You understand what I mean? Right, yeah. So it's like as we get more and more of the film festival darlings and independents, yes, the people who care about it, which isn't still going to be a niche market, will tune in and watch. But you're, you know, we have to watch the Oscar people. They become less and less and less. Yeah. I think. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I think there's that, and like length has always been an issue with the Oscars. Oh God, yes. And it, it's just too long. Yeah. I, I think that. What I what upset me most about the Academy's announcement was not the best popular film, it was pushing the technical categories, giving those out during commercials. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're looking at the wrong way to shorten that mm -hmm. ceremony. Like you need to cut out. I love Jimmy Kimmel, but like the going to another theater during a showing of *Wrinkle yeah. like, in Time*, like you can cut that out. Like yeah. that's not important. Yeah, opening act, great. Everybody likes that, and then give out the awards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like Billy Crystal hosting. I know he'll never host again, but re-watching his stuff, he goes out there, he starts the show, he sings his little song, and then instead of going out there to like the theaters, all he does is like, all right, let's talk about this person in the audience, this famous person, yeah. and what they're thinking right now, and then that's it, and then rest of the show. Oftentimes when hosts are criticized, I think it's because they try to do too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they made it a spectacle. and Only Ellen can do the best. I do love Ellen as host. She's <laughs> great. I really do. My future host wish Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Cosign. And she is like this merging into a big star right now. Yeah. And so I think even that, like you mentioned, would draw viewers as well. Like yeah, at least popularity. Right, exactly. Because I mean, a lot of people don't know who Jimmy Kimmel is. If they don't watch a show. Right. Mm -hmm. like you know, they can't get Jimmy Fallon because he works for a whole other network. They ain't going to get Stephen Colbert because he works for a whole other network. Please just don't get Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what was your, and this is for both of you, but you first, yeah. since you're the older, wiser one, what was your first Oscar year? First Oscar year? Movie. Or yeah, I guess year, if you don't know what the movie 70, was. 70, I would probably say like 78, 77. Mm -hmm. So Rocky, Annie Hall, or The Deer Hunter? Well, the only one I knew as a kid was Rocky. Okay, so Rocky, then that's 77. Yeah, so um, I think it was because my mom and my aunt were watching it, so I watched it too. But I, once again, um, there's always a clear line between movie watchers and like what we would call cinemaphiles. Mm -hmm. And I think the attempt to make the Oscars for movie lovers is usually a very hard thing these days. Back then, movie watchers watch the Oscars. So we watch it because I want to see if Rocky won. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody's watching to see if, you know. The Shape of Water wins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My first year was um, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Mm. And because I went with my parents to like a conference, a teaching conference. So we were in a hotel room and that was the only thing on. 
And thankfully, like, I knew what The Lord of the Rings was. Like, you know what Rocky was. Mm-hmm. Popular movie. Largest grossing of 2003. Mm-hmm. And it won everything. And I was like, yeah. hey, I know it's winning right now. And then the next year I watched and I watched and watched and I still watched. Yeah. And Brett's like a baby in this. Well, I, so I started watching the Oscars, like, around, I remember the year that Lord of the Rings won. Like, I remember watching it that year, but I wasn't deeply involved. The year that I really, like, what I consider my year, because I really focused on, like, seeing the movies that were nominated, was 2012, when, slash 13, however you consider, when Argo won. Because I was a senior in high school, and like I said, we didn't always have access to the movies that are nominated for Oscars. Obviously, Lord of the Rings was different, because everybody saw that. Um, like that year, like, for example, like I saw Silver Linings Playbook and Zero Dark Thirty in Denver four hours away because I didn't drive there to see the movies, but I was in Denver and I could see them, so I took advantage. So that was the first year I really paid attention. Unfortunately, like my year is the year that Seth MacFarlane hosted the Oscars. Lo siento. <laughs> but yeah, that was my introductory year to everything. So. Do you guys have a personal favorite Oscar year, I guess? Is that, or is that your favorite since it was your intro? Yeah, yeah, the first year will be hosted. First year will be hosted? Oh, uh, yeah. I like her. Yeah. I watched that a lot on YouTube. And um, what was the one with Charlton Heston pulling out the Oscar? What? I mean, Charlton Heston pulling out the Oscar. Or, or doing push ups at some Oh, that's Jack Palance. Oh. Some old guy. I don't yeah. Know. Jack Palance, that's yeah, 92, yeah. 93. Yeah. That was yeah. a good one, too. Is that any one for Six Slickers? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I watch a lot of um, old videos, so every year is my favorite if it's something funny. But I guess 2004 because it's the first, like, I fully remember it. Yeah. Although I remember, really, I remember Brokeback Mountain losing, mm-hmm. like, immensely. And I was the only person in school, like, talking about it. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Christian? <laughs> I was like, this is a big deal, I guess. It lost. <sighs> yeah. I think my favorite year that I've been alive for was not the first year I watched, but the next year. Just because 2013. It's just a great year. Ellen was hosting. The movies were really good. Like, we had 12 Years a Slave. Um, Gravity. Gravity. Nebraska, which I loved. Inside Lewin Davis, which the Oscars didn't really like, I guess. The Academy. I agree. Got snubbed. Um, personal Oscar faves, too. Like... For the year, or what you just have written down. Oh yeah, yeah, it's part of our deal. Yeah, like if there's a year historically I look back on, just because I really loved the films that were nominated, it was the one we're gonna look at next, which is 1975, mm-hmm. just because that five, film that four film lineup and Barry Lyndon <laughs> was incredible, and so that was a technical phenomenon. It was, it was, yeah. I mean, respect it for the cinematography and the lighting, but you also have 2007. Oh, yeah. Cohen's. The dark year. The, the Cohen's. It was a bleak year. I just really love that movie and for them to finally get their due as well. The funny thing about that year is, you, you call it the dark years. I go back and I watch, mm, I would say, four of those five films over and over, all the time. Mm-hmm. No Country, There Will Be Blood, Atonement, Juno. I go back and I watch that all the time. Mm-hmm. Michael Clayton, Kumsi Kumsa, not so much, but... I'm stupid, and I don't get that movie. It's, it's a to, lot. It's something to do with lawyers and cover-ups. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Should have replaced it with Sweeney Todd. Um, <laughs> for me, um, 
and this still remains my favorite year is 67. That's mm. my favorite year of popular movies intersecting with also being nominees. So you're talking Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. You're talking Graduate, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, In the Heat of the Night. Also talking and. Dr. Lou. No, we're not talking about <laughs> Dr. Doolittle. Four or five. Four out of five. But uh, that that's such a transcendent year for cinema. Um, you're talking, that's the beginning of the new directors. Now, you know, from there we get your Beatty's and your um, Dustin Hoffman's mm -hmm. and so forth. But um, I think that's a solid year. But I also agree, 75 is a great lineup of movies. Yeah, I just like want to put over the Cuckoo's Nest and you have Jaws, which is like this summer blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Get First in. one. Yeah, it's really cool. The 70s, just the winners that year, they're all pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like probably the best decade of winners. Yeah, because so. that, that kind of created the icons that we have today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool thing about, yeah, 67 is just so, the content of the films that year was mm -hmm. so edgy. Yeah. And I know, talking to animals. Who <laughs> <laughs> would do that? There's always a ringer. Just keep that in mind. There's always a ringer. I mean, you have... Harrison and all the problems that he put the studio through, but that was like an example of your late 50s, early 60s movies, mm -hmm. like the end of it. Mm -hmm. So you had to have that one film in there that was still like the old Oscar regime holding on on the cliff with their <laughs> yeah. fingernails and, you know, the opportunity to kick them out yeah. <laughs> and yep. bring along what we saw as the late 60s going into the 70s the new America as far as a group of directors and so forth, movie makers. Mm. Nice. So favorite Oscar years, I've got an idea. What about winners? What are some of you guys, like the wins that really touched you? And They've all touched me. I know. I mean, I'm like really big on actresses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I have amongst many Brie Larson room. Natalie Portman, Black Swan, Charlize Theron, Monster, Frances McDormand, Fargo, that's on mine. Jodie for Silence, Kathy Bates for Misery, Cher for Moonstruck, Shirley MacLaine for Terms of Endearment, Meryl for Sophies, um, Liza for Cabaret, Barbara Streisand, Elizabeth Taylor, Julie Andrews, it goes on. All your favorite actresses. Really? I mean, there's some actors too. But right. The thing about Frances McDormand, I'm always going to root for her just because I'm ready for her speech. Like, her speech is just always going to be... Mm -hmm. I just want to watch her speak, is that thing. Like, she wasn't who I wanted to win last year. Like, I wanted Sally Hawkins. Yeah. But, like, just to see if her go up there and just, hey, I've got something to say. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to listen, Francis. Like, go up there and give your speech. So I really like that Fargo pick as well. Um, so I have not paid attention to the Oscars for that long, so a lot of mine are recent. Um... I really like the ones that I like that a lot of people don't like because it sets me apart. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, Silverlining's oh, Playbook. It's fine. I hate that movie. I, see, there we go. Uh, fight yes. me. I, fight me. At me. But I, I don't get it. I couldn't identify, and I thought it was... I understand conversational films like that, but no. Mm -mm. Didn't work for you? No. It just really touched me, like, the idea, like... I'm not okay, but that's okay. Mental that, illness. You know, like, and the way that Bradley Cooper and... Um, J-Law. J-Law, how they interacted with each other. And that was kind of like their first 
like they were there before that and like mm-hmm. jail had the hunger games bradley cooper had the hangover mm-hmm. this is where like they started being taken seriously i mean jail had winter's bone but a lot of people didn't see it yeah and yeah. so that's another one that could have been in that category of should have won but then won later on winter's bone mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. yeah we'll talk later i remember her walking the red carpet for winter's bone i was like who the hell is this <laughs> and it was like nobody in the hunger games like what the hell is that yeah I just um, really enjoyed that one, and I'm sorry when Leo DiCaprio won. Now how you feel about the film? Like I get it, but just seeing the respect in the room that mm-hmm. people had and the speech that he gave—it was overdue. It, it was, and I just a lot of people were very happy to see that. Like yeah, especially him and Kate Winslet, like the the way they interacted through that award season because <laughs> she had hers and he was finally getting his, and they've just been paired, and to see him finally win was so nice. I can grunt my way through a movie too. But can you do it in Below Freezing? Probably. That's the Probably. There you go. <laughs> um, the other one from last year I really enjoyed was Roger Deakins. Um, I think everybody loves that win. That was because, that was um, one of mine that I had on my list. It so. was it that was overdue as well. Yeah, very overdue. And honestly, I thought it was just well deserved. Like I really enjoyed the cinematography of that film. So, so. did I. KB, what are some years? Um, besides the ones that you mentioned, just to keep it short and moving on, I have to go back to Scorsese because yeah. um, not only did I think it was appropriate for the year uh, winning Departed, but so overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I became crossing over from being that movie watcher to being a cinephile was because of Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And um, to think he should have won it that year, but too strong of a year to win that year yeah. and then finally getting in um, 06 for Departed that was out of all of them I think that was the one that I definitely was like really really happy to see happen and then you have other things like you mentioned um, Francis McDormand and so forth but mm-hmm. that one out of all the other ones that you mentioned plus Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. yeah that was also mine as well and I figured somebody would say it so awesome we're probably nearing the end here. Um, we have a few other things we could talk about. We could talk about their genre bias as well. Um, any upsets that we've seen or non-upsets? Where do you guys want to finish out? Let's go. Is there anything else you have on that list? Let's go upsets. Upsets. Yeah. Those are always fun. <laughs> yeah. That's when I always scream. I think the historic one is Marissa Tomei for My Cousin Vinny. That one I enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed that, that upset. Movie. I think people like it. I just like some people actually think that who presented that year? Jack was it Jack Collins like that? He actually. I like that myth. That it's a fun myth. Yeah. That he like what was it that he read the wrong name or well, like, like he just didn't know what else to say. He just yeah. like Marissa Tomei. Because <laughs> she's the only American in that bunch too. Right. Nominated. Right. You have spotlight winning best picture. No. Not an upset. I want to talk about how that is not an upset. Like, because when Spotlight won Best Picture, I got on film Twitter, and all I could see was like, wow, how did this happen? If you're aware of the preferential ballot, how that works, I think you have to realize, like, most people pick The Revenant. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people that hated The Revenant, so they're going to put it number eight, yeah. the very last spot, whereas everybody enjoyed Spotlight to some degree. It was kind of a front runner. It was a first release. So I just wanted to drop a claim to that, like... The that's, biggest that's upset of me watching was obviously Brokeback Mountain versus Crash. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid, but I understood. 
because I was like, it's going to be that one. It's going to be that one with the cowboys. And Jack goes out, crash. What? <laughs> I mean, it's still, that's the one everybody talks about the most. Yeah. That's the everlasting impact of that. Personally, no offense, I don't like Brokeback Mountain that much. Really? Okay. And if I was voting that year, I'd vote for Good Night and Good Luck. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people also like Munich from that year as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, also Greatest Show on Earth. Okay. Yeah. Against High Noon. Mm-hmm. That's more yeah. political too. Um, yeah. Because High Noon was this. It's more. Um, I think it's the director more so. Mm-hmm. More commun- It's more anti-communistic, or like you're hunting the communists. Because it was during the McCarthy era. Yeah. I mean, Greatest Show on Earth is about clowns and. Yeah. Circuses. One of the smaller ones that I really like is a subset upset that I really enjoyed was Ex Machina winning best visual effects. Oh yeah. Um, so shock. It was kind of, I'm trying to think what else was nominated that year, but like it was, it, the effects were kind of like um, more subtle and yeah. like not flashy. It was really just her in green. Yeah, and I I don't know if it even would have been my pick that year, but I really appreciated that mm-hmm. they gave it some attention because it was a really great film. The one that stings the most for me, y'all, Judy Garland is in that. Yeah, uh, Grace Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she had the country girl that year. She had Rear Window that year. So, I just want to know where, like, Jimmy Stewart's vote went, <laughs> Bing Crosby and Wayne Holden's, because yeah. forget Judy, I guess. That's, that's pretty But cool. there's a great YouTube page that talks about big upsets and stuff. Oh, yeah. The big thing about the Judy one for me is that... Like, oh, I, watched right, that recently from, saw I recently it. watched that movie, good. and I don't think the movie is good without her. Yeah. I, I mean... But is it better? Than the other. Bradley's is. I've only seen the two. Mm-hmm. Bradley's is the better of the two, I think. It's better than Barbara, then it's better than the other. I was about to say, you don't need to see the 70s version. Yeah, that's my favorite yeah. one, so. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just like it because I like musicals and it's more musical. Mm-hmm. It's more movie musical than the new Stars Born. It's like a movie with music. Yeah. Right. Then I don't know. But I mean, I, and that's not good. to discredit like the actor in the 1954. What's his name? James Mason. James Mason. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's great in that movie too. He's great in anything he does. Yeah. But I love his voice. I think Judy really <laughs> carries that movie. Yeah, and so she really deserved the actress that year. I have five. Okay. Do um, well, I'll start with some easy easy ones. When the King's Speech won uh, Best Picture, that was huge. And at the time, I had not seen it. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> I mean, this is bigger than Moonlight over La La Land, which I still think is really? probably the most epic. Yeah. But at the time... Twitter still talks of this. Yes. Yeah, and maybe it's because of the whole envelope thing and everything, but that was big to me. And I, I was upset, but I didn't know why I was upset, and I had to mm-hmm. go out and see that movie, and now it's one of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. I'm still upset. I, I love that movie. Because that year we had... Toy Story 3 was never going to win, right. but it should have won. Uh, Emotions. The Social Network. Mm-hmm. I would prefer the King's Speech by yeah. far. Fincher fan, but I yeah. still think King's Speech is better. It's again, no, that's it's... Oscar voters. Yeah. Old white people. Yeah, at the time, and I'm glad that's changing. I mean, and if the Social Network came out now, I think it would probably win. Probably win. Mm-hmm. It's so current. It's yes. still current, even from that point. That yeah. was like the beginning of Facebook. Facebook's still mm-hmm. something. It's not as something as it was then, but... Right. Especially with all the Cambridge Analytica stuff yeah. that's happened last year. Another one that I have is Cabaret winning over Godfather. That was huge at the time. 
Nine Oscars. <laughs> no best picture. Yep. Um, I know my cabaret wins. Yeah. Um, the one that, and this is going back to what we were talking about before, Pacino and Jack. Um, Art Carney for Harry and Tonto winning Best Actor over Al Pacino in Godfather Part Two and Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. That was a whiskey tango foxtrot moment. <laughs> like, what is going on? That's like, hey, we're giving this guy who we kind of grew he's up with on die. TV. Yeah, we grew up with him on TV in The Honeymooners. Yeah. He's made a movie. Hey, it's a cute movie about an old guy and a cat walking cross country. Why not? Mm-hmm. And then he gets up there and he's like, with his little feet. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, just keeping with the best picture thing, is Forrest Gump beating Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction and Shawshank Redemption. Um, I mean, is it still number one on IMDb, Shawshank? Yeah. 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 So, between that and... I, I, I could understand. Pulp Fiction was a better written um, mm-hmm. movie than it was the best picture. I wonder how much of that was, like, Quentin Tarantino's this new guy. Backlash. Like, he'll get, he'll get there. Like, he'll yeah. get his Oscar or something. Even like from the beginning, he had a lot of backlash. People yeah. didn't like him. He right. was very ostracizing in that way. So, But my all-time favorite example... 3-6 Mafia winning for Hustle and Flow. Ah, yeah. Just to see them get up there and really Juicy like J act the fool. So, shout out to 3-6 Mafia. The, the Academy's history with, like, rap hip-hop films winning, like, mm-hmm. Eminem won Eminem for 8, for eight mile. mile. And it was like, that's kind but of that, surprising. Isn't but it? I, I think that was, we're talking best song now. Mm-hmm. And I think for that, it was, uh, for one, it was a super weak year, in my, in my opinion. And I think that that was that song even to this day is very reminiscent of the movies and i think when you have a song that does that right it should win yeah you know prince getting purple rain not really rap but just thinking urban r&b mm-hmm. that kind of thing um same thing you think of purple rain you think of the movie or yes. you think of the movie you think of the song so the same thing with let it go and Frozen, so. I love the, as you know, I love the best song category. Yeah, yes. that's your favorite category. Yeah, right? and yeah. someday I want to, like, compile it all together and sing it for people. All, however many there are. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any winners from that category that really stand out to you? Me? Yeah. I mean, every Disney Every one. Disney one, yeah. Yeah. Much. Mine is especially Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Yeah. And that's a big one for me. Skyfall. Oh. Miss Adele. Yeah. I don't know if this is a bold statement. I still think that's Adele's best song. But, I mean, she has her own songs on that, like that are all great. I love her, but Skyfall just hits me. Wow. Yeah, I know. Call me crazy. No offense to Tarzan's You'll Be In My Heart, but I always kind of pick, you're going to be shocked at this one, South Park's Blame Canada. That was a great Oscar moment. Yeah. When they got on there and they did it. Yeah. Here's but my thing. It was funny too. The, correct me if I'm wrong. That was also the year Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, when she loved me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That probably that, was my that pick. song. It, it just it, tugs it hits me, me every time. It's so good. Uh, well, y'all didn't vote for any of my Disney things. But I'm also a Toy Story two fan over Toy Story three. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I had to remember which one is my favorite. Yeah, Toy Story yeah. three is my favorite. <laughs> I go one or three. I had to fire that shot before. No, but yeah, most of the best original songs, I think those have been pretty okay winners. Mm -hmm. I think if if we had an upset, it was going to be last year between Remember Me and that damned Greatest Showman song. (sighs) 
I would have been talking about that right now. That would be so bad. <laughs> Somebody saved us. Greatest upset of all time. <laughs> I mean, forget Judy's loss. That would have been the greatest <laughs> one. Wow. Okay, so one more thing I want to talk to you guys about, cause, just because I want to know what you think. What do you think is the best format for Best Picture? Should we do what we're doing now? Should we go back down to five nominees? Or should we I just like do it, ten? I like it ten. I like ten. I like solid ten. I hate the little... Eights, sevens, nines, sevens, eight, no, ten. Ten's where it's at. I get to complicate procedure and how they calculate who's nominated, but like there are enough movies each year to nominate ten. Like, and we're gonna have we might have one every year or two that are just like thrown in. Like, hell, extremely loud and incredibly close got nominated and the blind side got nominated. Like we can afford that, you like, know. There are people well, there are many movie theaters that actually make uh, film festivals around this. There are people that won't see a movie unless it's nominated. So I'm a big proponent of 10. What was, what was the first year? Um, the year with the artists or the one before? The one before. 2009. Uh, no, 2009. 2009. 2009 movies. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and like we said before, I think it gives a chance for a popular movie to get in there. Mm-hmm. And then also, because this is just all the movies all together, a foreign movie. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't have seen a more mm-hmm. if that wasn't nominated. Right. So I, I like the 10, but, but like I agree, solid 10. What's yeah. that? This year we'll probably have Roma. Yeah. Another foreign movie. Yeah. But like foreign, it also gives a chance for animated movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Toy Story 3 and Up. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are both 10 years. I mean, they're best picture nominee worthy yes. in and yeah. of themselves. And just imagine if one year an animated movie came out, got Best Animated Feature and Best Picture. It's possible yeah. now. Possible. If you keep that format the same, it is possible. Yeah. Another one that you love that I think might have gotten in on a year of having a straight 10 is Inside Out. Because it, it got yeah. the screenplay nomination, and um, it was right there, I think. Mm-hmm. Pixar makes, when they make a good movie, it turns out to be a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I like the 10. I wish they kept it. I hate this back and forth thing. Yeah, keep it solid 10. And if they want to keep it like this back and forth thing, change it to 8 because it ends up being 8 most yeah. years anyway. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes 9, but yeah, usually you're looking at 8. It's just a weird number. Yeah. Like these 8 films nominated for Best Picture, it just doesn't roll off the tongue very well. But then people complain that, well, if there's 10 or 8 or whatever movies, why are there not that same number of directors? No, everybody wants to see who wins Best Picture. That yes. that makes it special. Yeah, and also like, we often say like, yes, you need often need a Best Director nom to win Best Picture, but there's always, there's almost always at least, you know, at least in the year we had five picture, five director, there was always at least one difference mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the two. I think of like Robert Altman being the sole nomination for Shortcuts in, I think, ninety four. Mm-hmm. Like it's never, it's not always going to be. Aligning, you know, Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher. Right. It happens. Yeah. And how many how many um, Best Picture noms without director noms did you say? Four? Four. So just imagine if we... Or wins, Best Picture wins, Best Director noms, four. Yeah. So just imagine if we kept it like that and have them equal. You're going to end up with the same films that have Best Director noms going for Best Picture noms. It's, yeah. It gives more films an opportunity to at least have. It's such an honor just to be nominated. Yeah. I know it sounds cliche and everything, but it is. And it gives uh, studios and directors and producers a chance to get other films and get fun for other films yes. just off that nomination. I think the 10 is great. 
Thank it helped help when Moonlight won because A24. Yeah, mm-hmm. that studio is off and rocking. Um, I don't know who said this, but I've never seen a bad A24 movie yet. I don't think I have either. I I'm trying to go through what they've had, and I, I think no. I've enjoyed every single one. I mean, they exist because I've yeah. seen their very low rated ones, but they're like their earlier years. So yeah. They know what to pick, though. Yeah. They know what to finance. But yeah, I. It would really upset. I don't. They're definitely not going to do this. But if they ever went back down to five, I think there are just too many movies being made today. Yeah. And there are mm-hmm. a lot of really good ones to drop it back down. If you're going to go one or the other, you have to go up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So go with the ten. Awesome. I go with the ten in my own personal awards. It's true. Which we'll talk about another time. Another time. <laughs> Anything else? Um. No. You know, I, fun fact, around this time, because I've been looking at my Facebook memories, we should have had an announcement for host. Oh, really? I think it was back in 09, 10, that I saw on my Facebook that we had a host, and it was Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. And then recently I saw there was like Jimmy Kimmel nominate or hosting gig. So, donde está the host? I wonder who it'll be this year. I want mm-hmm. Tiffany. I want Tiffany, yeah. I do too. I have no idea. Maybe so. it should be me. Welcome to the Oscars, everybody. <laughs> we'll keep this short and sweet. Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. Unless you guys have more to add. KB. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank um, you for coming. I want to come back when you do your uh, best picks of the year. Yes. If you do that. I mean, oh, like top 10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely that. do that for sure. Yeah. We'll all three be back and talk about what was the best movie of the year. If you had to say right now, like from what you've seen, what would be yours? Um, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Okay. Mm, too early to call. Too early to call. I think right now, I'm sticking with Paddington too. Oh my God. We love Paddington. That was a good movie. It's so good. Uh, either that or Black Klansman, probably. I really, yeah. really yeah. still love that movie. And hopefully, we'll see all the, you know, the Oscar others. hopefuls because some of us in this room get screeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, not me. Ayo, <laughs> guess which one it is? It's me. Or which yeah. two? Oh, I guess they. Okay, which two? Help me. Anyway, awesome. That's the show. Perfect. Signing off. Bye. See you soon. Laters.